Great, so today we're going to be looking at healing. I'm going to give you some top tips on how to heal the sick in your everyday life and uh, share a little bit about my research as well. But first of all, I want you to chat to the person next to you. If you drive, how was your experience of your driving test? Think back to when you were 17. What was your experience? Did you pass first time? Did it take you ages to learn? Have a little chat to the person next to you. Give me a hands up if you passed your driving test first time round. Oh, quite a lot. Hands up if you passed your driving test second time round. Okay. Third time round? Fourth time round? Fifth? Sixth? No sixes. Okay, five. We have a winner. I did this at a church once and I got to number eight. I was like, I don't think you should be on the road. <laughs> So when I was 17, learning to drive was quite an experience because I was trying to get used to figuring out how to drive a car, but it was also my first experience of praying for someone for healing on my own. Now, in my church, I'd grown up around healing all the time. I remember being a little girl, like, colouring on the church floor in a... Uh, worship evening and everyone was like praying well now I know they were praying for healing I remember Amanda who was in a wheelchair getting out of her wheelchair running around the room and like jumping over me as I was a little girl coloring on the floor my mum she had a really um well, she went to a fast food restaurant once. I won't say where, but let me just say she wasn't loving it. And um, she ate something which really like, gave her such bad food poison that she was ill for 10 years and she couldn't eat and she was just lived off like watery green soup and it affected our family life and she was always ill in bed. I remember watching her get completely healed and how it just totally changed our family life as a little kid growing up. I remember my dad, I remember being sat at the dining room table and the landline ringing, you know, back in the day where you would like walk out the room to pick up the phone. And um, he went out, he answered the phone, came back in. Who was that, dad? Oh, it was just the car mechanic. You know, he couldn't see and now he can see because I prayed for him. You know, these kind of stories were normal for me growing up. So I'm 17, I'm sat in the car with my driving instructor. And she turns to me, she says, hello, Chloe, welcome to your first lesson, la la. And she says, um, now, let me tell you something. You're not allowed to stall the car. You're not allowed to brake suddenly and you're not allowed to go over speed bumps. I remember thinking, gosh, this woman is really strict. You know, I've never driven a car in my life. She said, it's because I've got sciatica. I'm in agony with my back. And if the car jolts, it'll send spasms up my spine and I'll be in agony and I'll be in bed and I won't be able to teach you how to drive. Well, that's no good. I'm 17. I'm desperate to drive. So I remember plucking up the courage and saying, well, I go to a church where we pray for people for healing. Could I pray for you now? She, and she was like, oh, I'm not religious or anything, but go on then. So I remember I awkwardly put my hand on her back in the car. <laughs> said, in the name of Jesus, back be healed, amen. She said, oh, I don't know what you did there, but my back is filling up with heat. And she got totally healed, and I stalled the car three times, and she had no pain. <laughs> but that experience, after praying for her, she then said, oh, so you're a Christian, you go to church, which one? And tell me about your faith. And every single lesson, I would chat to her about Jesus and the gospel and what our life lived with Jesus is like and what our church is like. And she ended up coming to our Christmas service, so 
invite away, uh, invite your driving instructors. And uh, she was so open to hearing more about Jesus. And that experience showed me what it's like to live a normal, supernatural life in a really easy, normal way, praying for someone, and it opened up those conversations about faith. It showed me that healing is like an everyday thing. It's not a one-off special event or a special meeting, but we're called to pray for the sick as an everyday part of our Christian life. In Acts 1 verse 8, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this is for us today. We are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the purpose is to be Jesus' witnesses, to use his power through the Holy Spirit to show the reality of God's kingdom in our everyday life. And I am totally convinced that one of the best ways we can witness is to show Jesus' power, to show people that he can heal and that he is real and he can have a difference in their lives. And why is that important? Well, it's because it's what Jesus did. When you look through the Gospels, it's full of healing miracles, signs and wonders. When we look at Jesus' life and how he lived his life, he healed the sick all the time. If you flick through your Bible, nearly every page of the Gospels will be Jesus healing someone. It's totally clear. He healed all the time. And it wasn't just like an occasional feature of his ministry, but it's virtually on every page from the start. Matthew 4 says this, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Jesus healed all the time. And Jesus is our example. He's our leader. So for us, we want to value healing like Jesus did as an everyday regular feature of our faith, ministry, and mission. Paul writes in Romans 15, by word and deed and by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and as far around as Elycrium, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ, not just word and deed, but also power and signs and wonders. And healing is a way in which we can fully present the good news of Jesus. It's a demonstration of Jesus' power, that he can change lives, that he is alive, and it's a physical sign which reveals him. And the good news is, Jesus has equipped us to heal the sick. He says this to his disciples in Matthew 6. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is God's will for us on earth? It's to pursue on earth what is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Correct answer. (laughs) So we can be confident that we can pray for people for healing. Yes, we do live in a broken world and we all experience the reality of that. And one of the most common questions I get asked is, oh, you've done a PhD on healing. Why do some people get healed and some people don't? And I don't have all the answers, and I really understand how painful it is when you can have close family or friends or people around you who don't get healed, and that is painful, and I really understand it. But what I do know is that God is good, and his will is always to heal, always to bring life and not death. And one day when Jesus returns, he will bring his kingdom fully, but until then, he sends us out to bring more of his kingdom on earth. 
One time Jesus turns to his disciples and says this in John 14, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. John 20 later he says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Let's hope he hadn't had too much coffee out of the nice coffee cups. (laughs) That would have been a coffee breath. We have been sent, equipped in the power of the Holy Spirit in the same way Jesus did. Jesus did all his recorded ministry after being filled with the Holy Spirit. So he lived an example to us and we are filled with the same Holy Spirit. We have the same power as Jesus did to do the same things and more than Jesus did. Across Wales, we have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people healed. And a couple of years ago, I switched my PhD topic and started studying healing miracles in Wales. And just a sample of people, um, just before COVID, I just managed to collect a couple of stories. I collected, when I say a couple, I collected 605 healing stories of people who've been healed in the last one to five years. And that's not everyone, that's just a little sample. And we are seeing people healed all the time inside the church and outside the church. So inside the church, let me give you a few examples. A couple of weeks ago, um, my brother was leading the meeting at church and um, he had a word of knowledge for someone who had eczema. And what we didn't know is one of our students had come with her non-Christian housemates and had like dragged her along to church. And the non-Christian housemate was sat there thinking to herself, she told us later, oh, I don't know if I believe any of this. I think this is a load of rubbish. And at that point, my brother said, is there anyone here suffering with eczema? And she looked down and her arms were covered in eczema. And he said, I really think God wants to heal you today. So in the name of Jesus, eczema go. And as she looked down, her skin was totally healed. She was completely like clean, smooth skin. And she was like, whoa. (laughs) And then she came on an alpha course and is in our church now. Uh, Last week, I was in um, Belfast for work. So I work part-time for Alpha in Wales, along with Sam, who's not in Wales, but I'm trying to get him down. and we were running something called a Grow Alpha. So we were in Belfast. And as I was speaking like this, we were talking on like how to grow your alpha and hospitality. And suddenly I had a pain in my shoulder. And so I stopped and I said, is anyone in real bad pain with your shoulder right now? And a gentleman put his hand up and I said, well, you know, in the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Anyway, so let's get back to the teaching. And um, he later emailed us to say this. This is his email. I've been suffering with a bad shoulder and neck issue since being diagnosed with bulging disc on C4 and C5. I've been on heavy duty painkillers from my consultant, which deals with flare-ups. When she prayed for healing, I felt an immense warmth in my shoulder and all the pain is completely gone. I now have full neck movement. God is good. So we hear of examples, and in my PhD, people were healed you know, inside church settings like this, but 60% of people were actually healed outside of churches. And um, let me give you a few examples. I was in a gym class the other day. I do Les Mills classes, not Les Mills, as I used to call it, but Les Mills. Did anyone done a Les Mills class? Give me a hand up. Oh yeah, painful. You know the pain. Um, so I was halfway through the class, and our instructor dropped her weights, and she said, oh, girls, carry on, carry on. I'm in agony with my neck. I'll just do it without the weights. So I was like, oh, better pray for this. So at the end of the class, I went up to her. I was a bit sweaty. I said, oh, I hope you don't mind, but um, you know, I go to a church where we pray for people for healing, and you, know, you said that you've got a bad neck. Can I pray for you? She said, Chloe, I've been waiting for you to come up and ask me. Have you? She said, a couple of years ago, I went to your Christmas service with my ex-boyfriend and you were all talking about praying for healing. And when you walked into the class, I thought, 
I hope Chloe prays for me because chiropractors can't do anything. I've, you know, pills can't do anything. I hope she prays. Um, so I prayed for her and all the pain went. When I was 18, I worked in Burger King, which was lovely. And uh, let me tell you something, the rumors are true. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm joking, anyone watching online? <laughs> fine, fine. Um, and uh, carry on eating your Burger Kings. <laughs> And it was in a service station, and one of the ladies from WH Smith, she came over for her double Whopper and cheese, as she did every day, and, uh, and she said, I said, how's your shift going? She said, oh, I'm in agony, actually, with my knee, and I'm on my feet all day, and I'm in loads of pain. I said, well, I go to a church where we pray for people for healing. Would you mind if I pray for you? And she said, okay, but not here. Come and pray for me in the staff room. So, okay, so I followed her into the staff room. I laid my hand on her knee, and I said, in the name of Jesus, receive your healing, knee pain go. She was like, oh, it feels loads better. And then on my next break, I had um, a lady from Costa coming up to me being like, I heard what you did for so-and-so. Will you pray for my son? He's in the army. <laughs> anyway, today we're going to have a whistle-stop tour on how to heal the sick. Now, this could be like a 10-part series, but I'm going to do it in 15 minutes. And uh, we're going to have a little look at a case study from Acts 3. So you'll find us in Acts 3, Peter and John are walking to the, prayer, um, to the temple for the three o'clock prayer service. So they're going to their, you know, Sunday morning meeting, like we're all here. It says this in Acts 3. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. So what can we learn from this story? I'm going to give you six quick top tips. The first one is that it was on the go. As Peter and John went about their usual day, going to the prayer service, the situation presented itself. There was someone in need. And for us as Christians, we want healing to be a priority for us in our Christian lives. That it's not just in a special meeting or we wait for the healing person to pray, oh, you should come and speak to my friend, she prays for healing. That for us in our everyday Christian lives, that we pray for people. When we look at Jesus, he prayed for people in the synagogues, in the hillside, the street, the houses, the city, the countryside. So for you, whether you're at work or in the gym or at church or on Zoom or with a neighbor or on the phone, wherever it is, healing can be a part of those everyday interactions. And this is one of the major findings in my PhD, that healing doesn't just happen in prayer or healing services, but it is happening outside of the church. Here's a snapshot of where some of the people said that they were healed. So someone said, I uh, was prayed for on a Sunday. I attended a healing service. I was prayed for, I prayed for a lady at Wonderland Nails whilst having a pedicure. At home group, at the scene of the accident, whilst watching a TV program, my wife prayed in bed, in a car with a friend, over the phone, in Costa, in a gym, in a kitchen, at a wedding, at an alpha course, at a night shelter. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, let me encourage you to be aware of the people in our lives who are in pain, and it's an opportunity to share our faith, talk about Jesus, and just say, well, in my church, we pray for people for healing. Could I pray for you? 
The second thing we learn is Peter responds. He offers to pray. He says, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. He so easily could have just said, oh no, sorry, I don't have any money and hurried in. And how often do we do that in our lives? Not just with healing, but with prayer in general. When a friend says, I'm feeling really anxious or I'd really love that job promotion or you know, I'm nervous about Christmas with my family and we thought, oh yeah, me too, it's a hard time, isn't it? Rather than, well, I believe in a God who fills us with peace. Can I pray for you for peace? Or I believe in a God of joy. You know, can I pray for joy in this anxious season of you, of yours? Or, you know, I believe in a God who has a purpose for your life. So when you're thinking about this job interview, can I pray that God would show his purpose for your life? How often are we ready to respond with prayer? Because we serve a powerful, awesome God who, you know, actually fills us with his Holy Spirit and can change us. How often are we ready to respond? I remember being in Tesco once and there was a lady in a sling and she was like putting my shopping through. So it was very obvious she was in pain. I thought, oh, I'm going to have to pray for this lady. I thought, do you know what? It's really busy. There's a massive queue behind me. I thought, I'll pray once she's finished putting all my shopping through. And then she brings up, sorry, I'm going so slow, slow, love. I've got pain in my shoulder. I was like, that's okay. And then I think, right, I'll pray for her once I finish packing my bag. So I finished putting all the shopping in the bag. It was Tesco, not Aldi, so I had a bit of time. Um, And then I thought, you know what? I'll pray for her once I've put my pin in. It's back a few years ago. And uh, and then after I did that, I thought, I'll pray for her when she hands me the receipt. Um, So she handed me the receipt. This is my last final moment now. And I take the receipt and I say, thank you very much. And I walk away. I was like, oh, and I walked away feeling totally gutted. You know, what would have happened? I so chickened out at that moment. And she was saying she was in pain. What would have happened if I just prayed for her and just offered to pray? And yeah, I was busy and it might have been a bit embarrassing, but I carried that all week. I went away feeling gutted with myself. I hadn't just offered. So the following week, I was... um, at work and at the time I worked in a sports cafe on the beach and one of our surf instructors walked in after taking a lesson with the kids and he was like oh I'm in agony with my neck I've just pulled it you know out with the kids on the waves I was like right I'm not going to miss my opportunity so I said well um would you like me to pray for you you know I'm a Christian and go to church can I pray for your neck he was like um sure if you want to I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, in the name of Jesus, heal my friend's neck. Amen. I said, how does it feel now? And he said, yeah, it's the same. And he walked off. That's it. He didn't get healed. He didn't die. (laughs) It wasn't that embarrassing. That's the worst that can happen. You offer to pray. They don't get healed. But he was like, oh, it's the same. Thanks, O'Clough. And walked off. And then a week later, he came back to me. He found me on my own and he said, you know when you offered to pray? I didn't want to say at the time, I was a bit embarrassed, but I felt all like warm and fuzzy inside. (laughs) I was like, oh, well, that's the Holy Spirit. I believe that's God kind of just showing you that he loves you and cares for you. So how's your neck feeling? You say, oh yeah, it's still in pain and I offered to pray again. But the point of that story was he didn't get healed, but he was so blown away that I would offer to pray. He was so grateful. He was so thankful. And I had been obedient and just stepped out. And although he didn't get healed, like God did something else. So let me encourage you to like step out and be ready to go for it um, and not be afraid of the like, but what if they don't? Because it's surprising what God will do in that moment. Okay, number three, what else do we learn? We heal in the name of Jesus. We use his authority. It says in verse six, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. 
When we heal the sick, we pray in the name of Jesus. It's not us that does the healing, it's not us, it is Jesus. And so this totally takes the pressure off us. We don't have to like drum up some like fake healing feeling in our tummy. We don't have to have spent like four hours in worship. We didn't have to be like fasting for two weeks before we pray for someone because actually it's Jesus that does it and we're just like the vessels. We're like the waiters in a restaurant, you know, someone orders, the cook cooks it, but we just like take the meal over. So it takes the pressure off. And we're using Jesus's authority. In Matthew 18, Jesus says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, therefore go. He gives us his authority to go and heal the sick. So when we pray, let's pray like Jesus did. In the Bible, do you ever spot Jesus praying like this? Father God, if it's your will, please would you maybe heal my friend? If it's your will, if you want to, if you have time, please. You never hear Jesus praying like that, do you? Jesus commands the pain to go because he knows he has the authority. Let's take a look. Mark 1, to the man with leprosy, he says, be healed. Mark 2, to the paralyzed man, Jesus says, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Mark 3, to the man with a deformed hand, he says, hold out your hand. Mark 10, blind Bartimaeus, go, your faith has made you well. Luke 7, the widow's son, young man, I tell you, get up. Jesus knows he has the authority. So he just says, get up, hold out your hand, be healed. He knows he has the authority. So for us, we need to like know we have Jesus' authority to command sickness to go. So when we pray, we want to speak directly to the condition. We want to say, pain, go in Jesus' name. Know you have the authority over the pain. Speak with authority, speak with confidence, keep your eyes open, say it like you mean it. You don't have to go all like shouty and weird. You can be yourself. But I want to encourage you to like know you have authority over it. When I was a little girl, I got bitten by two dogs on two different occasions. One was by like a tiny little yappy one. And then the other time was like by this massive, like scary, horrible farm dog. So as you can tell, I grew up petrified of dogs. I'd literally like cry if I saw a dog. I'd like cross the street, I'd be petrified of them. All the way up into my adult life, it was quite embarrassing. And then when I met my now husband, Russo, his parents live in Bahrain in the Middle East. So he said, oh, come over and meet my parents. Yeah, yeah, okay, will do. walked into their house. It was a nightmare. (laughs) Sorry if you're watching. Um, They have three dogs, two cats, two parrots, pigeons, budgies, you name it, they have it. It was like a zoo. And this massive dog comes like bounding up to me. He's a huge German shepherd and his name is Hunter. (laughs) So he comes running up to me. He literally, he like goes on his back legs. He put his paws on my shoulder. I was absolutely petrified so I spent the first week really trying to like play it cool and make a good impression on my in-laws to be but I was literally like avoiding this dog like there's no tomorrow like he would come up to me and I was just be like I was so scared of him and one day Russo's mum came over to me and she said Chloe you have authority over Hunter you're the boss you need to act like you're the boss because he thinks he's the boss so next time he comes over you look him in the eyes and you tell him to go down I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so the next time Hunter comes like running up to me, I look him in the eyes and I say, Hunter, down. And Hunter goes, hmm, and cowers off. Approach healing in the same way. You have authority. Pain, go in Jesus' name. 
Okay, the fourth thing we learn is to test it out. It says this, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. When you're praying for the person for healing, you can stop and ask them, how does it feel? You don't have to wait there awkwardly for like half an hour hoping they're healed. You know, often I'll say, in the name of Jesus, pain go, receive your healing, amen. How does it feel? You know, it doesn't take like hours. Sometimes God heals like instantly in the moment. So you can stop and you can ask, how does it feel? The person might get totally healed in that moment. Amazing, praise God, and you thank God for that. Sometimes they're not healed or there's a measure of healing and you can say, okay, can I pray again? It's totally okay to pray more than once. This happened to Jesus once. In Mark 8, Jesus heals a blind man. It says, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and said, can you see anything now? The man looked around and said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything. If Jesus prayed more than once, I think it's okay if we do as well. In my PhD, I found that a third of people were healed straight away. Literally, one prayer, bam, healed. Another third were prayed were healed in that moment, but after a number of prayers. Three, four, five, six, still healed in that moment, but it took a while. There was a f- bit more praying. And then a third reported that they were healed within three weeks of that healing. I don't know why three weeks, but it just was a common pattern that people would say, I woke up the next day and I was better. Or the next week I noticed I was better. Or by the end of the month, all the pain had gone. So when you're praying for someone, if they don't get healed straight away, you can say, well, can I pray for you again? If you're in a setting like this at church, I'd encourage you to pray until they get healed. Or, or you can say, well, keep coming back next Sunday. Come and find me. I'd love to pray again. If you're out in Tesco and uh, someone's not healed the first time, you can say, well, can I pray for you again? If you feel like it's appropriate. If it's like Christmas and there's like queues down the, you know, all the way down the aisle, you can say, well, God bless. And I'll continue praying for you. That's kind of the words that I would say if someone wasn't healed. But I'd really encourage you to pray more than once when someone's like partially healed I'd encourage you to like um, have a good attitude about that my PhD and experience has found that those who evidence a good attitude of partial healing go on to get healed totally so those who are like no it's not better that didn't work often didn't get go on to get healed but those who are like yes there's a measure of healing thank you Jesus for what you're doing thank you that there's a measure of healing I asked for more um, often went up Uh, went on to be healed don't force it don't make it up you know don't hype it up you can be totally normal and say if it doesn't get healed and you can pray more than once okay number five explain about Jesus and this is especially true when we're praying for non-Christians verse 12 Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd so after you pray for healing use this as an opportunity to explain about Jesus explain about your faith I remember a couple of years ago, churches all across Wales did something called Mission to Wales, where we would go out on the streets and chat to people about faith. And Ruth and I, we walked up to one lady, she was on crutches, and I said, um, oh, can we ask you a quick question? If you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? You know, it was one of those missions. And, uh, and she said, oh, I'm not interested in religion. I don't want anything to know about it. I said, okay, but I can see you're on crutches. Are you in pain? 
She said, oh, yeah, I am, actually. I've just got out of rehab. I'm a heroin addict. I injected so much into my arms and body that I had to start injecting into my legs. I've, like, burst all the veins and arteries, and I'm in constant pain. I've just got out of rehab. I'm trying to get a job, but I can't get one because I can't stay on my feet. If I can't get a job, I can't get money, can't get housing. She was in a total mess. So we said, well, we'd love to pray for you. She said, yes, please. In the name of Jesus, leg pain go, legs be restored, amen. I looked up, because we were in the middle of town, so I think I looked down. And uh, she was crying her eyes out, and she was like, it's gone, the pain is gone. She was like shaking her legs, crying, all the pain had gone, like cast aside her crutches, very dramatic. And we said, now are you interested to hear what Jesus wants to do for you? She said, yes. I said, Jesus loves you so much. What he's done for your legs, he has the power to do for your entire body. He forgives us for our sins. He gives us peace and purpose and a plan for our lives. That is just him showing you that he has the power to transform you. Explain the gospel. Would you like to give your life to Jesus? Yes, I would. She went on to become a Christian. Last point then, number six. Any follower of Jesus can pray for people to be healed. I love this in Acts 3 verse 12. What is so surprising about this? You know, they've just seen someone healed and he's like, what's so surprising about this? I love if that was our attitude. Why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? It's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. It's not our power or godliness. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has been given to each and every one of us to go out and be Jesus' witnesses and live like this. Live in an everyday, normal, supernatural way to show people the power that Jesus has and the difference he can make in people's lives. And this is all of us. This is not me. You know, yeah, I've studied a PhD on it, but it doesn't mean I'm any like more special or more equipped. We are all equipped in the same Holy Spirit to pray for the sick. We are invited to take part in this. We have an opportunity to bring this back to the table for our generation and generations behind us. Let me encourage you, let's make healing a normal thing for Christians to do. I'd love to see your Christmas services packed here because everyone knows they will come and they'll get physically healed. How amazing would that be? So to sum up then, what did we learn from Acts 3? Do it on the go. Be ready to respond, pray in the name of Jesus, test it out, explain about Jesus, and know that every follower of Jesus can pray for healing.